Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you are now listening to Rob and Rat's World of Wonder podcast. So sit back, relax, and prepare your ears as they take you on a journey of all things weird and wonderful. Hello and welcome to the Rob Rat podcast. This is the World of Wonder series with me, Rob. And me, Rad. So I was just waiting there. No, it's another week of podcast. It's you know, another week. It's We're going, back. We survived. It's going strong. It is. It's going strong. You, you can't see me punching the air there. It's going strong. We're so still here. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back and uh, thanks for listening to us. If you're brand new to the podcast, you're very welcome along. Um, this is a podcast where we look at things that are weird and wonderful from around the world. Yes. And if you want to follow us on some of our social media, you can get us on Instagram at Rob Rat Podcast. Uh, Facebook, Robin Rats, Wow Podcast. And if you're searching for us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, any of those, it's Rob Rat Podcast. It's the World of Wonder series, as Robert said. And today's episode, we're talking about superstitions. This is basically things that make superstitious, yeah. yeah. So uh, before we get into it, so just... Uh, if you if you want to get in contact with us too, just just us a message or anything like that because we do often have guests on the show and any questions that you want to throw at them, feel free to drop yeah. us a message. Often you'll see in our Instagram story or our Facebook story, we'll have the whole thing where there where, where we'll let you know who we're interviewing and if you have a question for them and send it on because we do make note of them all and in past interviews we've had your questions and it just makes it more interactive. It really does. So I think we're going to go for the uh, our world famous. News. And hang on, just say, Mick, get in here. Mick, be in our voiceover artist. <laughs> Come on in, Mick. Rob and Rat's weird and wonderful news. Okay, it is the news. Welcome to the news. So, uh, Stephen, I have a request. Will you, will you do your news in the Morgan Freeman voice? I'll try. I, I'll have a go. I'll have a go. I'll see if I can do just it. Just before we came on air, Stephen was doing his Morgan Freeman impersonation. Will you do it there? I will. Andrew Dufresne walked through 500 feet of foul-smelling shit I can't even imagine. Andrew Dufresne. There you go. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I'll do the whole news. No, that. no that's fine. I'll just that was do, enough. That was I'll enough. do the title of the news. Go get Woman accused of peeing on potatoes in supermarket turns herself into police. Now, this is just my story. So, I'll go what's f- the headline of that again? The headline is, <laughs> woman accused and a woman accused of peeing on potatoes in supermarket turns herself in. Right. Okay. Yeah. So this actually happened in uh, early August. Um, so uh, it, it kind of says what it is in the title, but in Walmart in the US, a woman had turned herself into police after she the act was caught on camera. She weed. <sighs> According to police, a Walmart employee noticed urine on the floor and noticed uh, noticed a store guard. Uh, no, a, a store a, a puddle a, of pee. Yeah, a puddle of pee. And a store guard who watched the CCTV CCTV footage saw the woman weeing on the potatoes. Uh, the store immediately threw out all the affected produce and it was after police uh, put her image on like online and stuff that she, Grace Brown, 20 years old from Pennsylvania, identified herself and she turned herself into police after her image was shared. But yeah, she just, we done. I don't know what the circumstances She didn't give any are. reason for it. I don't know why. I think she's had, she was in bother before, I think, for alcohol related instances. Okay. And uh, yeah, but she. So she got pissed and then pissed on potatoes. Yeah. But yeah. like to go in and wee on potatoes. Why there? Like even, you can imagine the drunkest you might have been. Why wee on potatoes? Yeah. And then she went and turned herself into police. Yeah. But the only reason she turned herself in, obviously, is because the she security guards saw the footage, did a screenshot. You can imagine, you can imagine like her going, we could even role play it Like for instance I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll be the cop Okay And you can be the lady Okay uh, Hello How can I help you today? 
Uh, where are the potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say what the situation but like when she comes into the competition oh, to hand herself in sorry. sorry have you got any are you going to eat those chips? <laughs> I was going to say she comes up to the desk okay go, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was me it would was you me. like to report a crime? well no I actually reported I, yeah, I, I, I it was me I was eating the potatoes alright come on in we're going to put you in a cell there for what would they do to her? they should probably get a fine or something probably bar her from Walmart no anyway. you know what no it's going to happen to her now we have the potatoes. You're going to eat them. Yeah. No. That, that's like, no some, you know, years ago when again. someone got caught yeah. smoking, their sure. parents would make them yeah. like smoke all the yeah. <laughs> smoke We all the have cigarettes. the bag of piss potatoes yeah. here. You're not going anywhere till you've eaten all these spuds. Yeah. yeah. How would you like them? <laughs> <laughs> Fried, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to more news, right? This is a, starts out, anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a nice story in a way. So uh, a cow has escaped from a British slaughterhouse and it went for a run throughout the city. Uh, it was all over social media at the time. Now, this is going back uh, a bit as well. I just came across God, that's it. like free the cow. It's a cow. Yeah, well, the cow, it was a, a young brown cow was spotted near the M6 highway towards the centre of Carlisle in England. Uh, this was like two Wednesdays ago after escaping from the West Scottish Lamb Limited slaughterhouse, slaughterhouse right? So uh, there was uh, things on uh, Twitter. The nickname was Daisy the cow was given to her the hashtag. Some people come up with it and it saved the Carlisle cow. And they were trying to say the a call for the, bo- the cow to be saved from slaughter. The people were starting a GoFundMe page to go and buy <laughs> to buy the cow, so that it didn't. How ha- now, brown cow? Yeah, but they didn't want it to be killed, and the cow was freeing itself. So it was running through the city, and literally, money had started to be raised online and everything. But anyway, Cumbria police officers were called in to try and solve the situation, but the cow was running mad in the middle of the town, Okay, so they had to shoot it dead. Oh, you're joking. No. I was kind of hoping for a happy end in there. No, efforts you were... Just I know, it. yeah, the vegans at home are going to be going mad. Like, yeah. what the hell? Anyway, but efforts were made to try and, like, bring the cow under, like, what control. It, what? What result did it in being shot? Like? I don't know. You know was like, it's not it, like, and it was in England. It wasn't America. Was it was it, in England. You were going, okay, America, maybe the cow, you know. But whatever. like, to shoot a dead, it ca- was it carrying a weapon? Was it injuring people? They, what they're saying, it was, it was potential danger of a stressed out animal in a public area. And it could have injured Ah, shooter. Come on, you could have got a lasso and... <laughs> yeah, you know just I mean? take it down. But I suppose there may be no cowboys you in the area. You could have taught them how to lasso. I could have, I could have taught them how to do it. Yeah. So the, the, you, so the, basically, the, the decision was taken to conclude the incident as quickly and humanely as possible, a police officer has said yeah. in a statement. Well, I suppose his like his fate was if he was returned to He's going to be killed anyway. anyway yeah, but yeah. I, suppose, I don't think you can eat him now because he was shot in town. Do you know? Yeah. If, you, if, you, if he was stunned in the slaughterhouse, then you could probably make burgers out of him. But... Yeah. Do you know what they could have done to the cop who shot him? Why did you... Now, no, because you shot him... You're going to eat that whole cow. You're going to eat that whole cow. Can I get some potatoes on the side? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So that was the news. That was the Rob Rat News. Tune in next week. <laughs> All right, Morgan. <laughs> Rob and Rat's Weird and Wonderful News. That was the news. Yeah, very informative news there. Uh, as you can tell by our news, we try and bring you... Uh, a little bit of uh, a change from your regular news that you get. So there's no talk of Brexit or yeah. Trump or any of that other stuff. We, it's just stuff that like may be interesting. We find funny or interesting or yeah. random. So yeah, that's it. And uh, also, we cannot say that all the news that you hear is true because like some of it may be fake news. It's not intentional, but like we haven't really, really researched to make sure that everything that we tell you is the truth. Yeah, but we try our well, best we try to our find. Best. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, we're not we're not making it up. It is stuff that's on the internet. But at the same time. You know, yeah, <laughs> a lot of preparation has gone into that. <laughs> no. uh, okay, so today's episode, we're talking about superstitions and kind of uh, we'll be talking in a little while to David White, who wrote a book called Superstitionism. And David will just be telling us a bit about his book and superstitions. He kind of deals with superstitions in sport. That's yeah. his main, that's Are you a superstitious feel. person? Not really, no. No. I 
in a sense, like I'm not very superstitious, but like as a if I you know if I saw a ladder, I wouldn't walk under it. They st- like there's so many different beliefs, and there have been I you know throughout the well, just a bit about superstitions, like you know breaking a mirror. That's a one, you know, the whole seven year bad luck thing. You've is, it, I only, is it seven it's years? seven years. Because I often hear how many years is it? Seven, seven years. years. Yeah, now I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, ancient Romans believed that human life renewed itself in seven year cycles because a reflection and a reflection was considered someone's magical lightness or soul. It followed the belief that then the reflected image, if the reflected image in a mirror got shattered, the next, so did the next seven years of that person's life who shattered it. And we kind of, t- we touched a bit on that in the episode on psychics. But I suppose like, because back in the day, they would have looked and seen a reflection of someone in a mirror and thought, oh, well, but now we just understand. Oh, yeah, I know. it works. So like, it's, it seems to, you know, I was, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, walking under a ladder, that's another very common It's one. a very common one. Yeah. I suppose I wouldn't be superstitious, but when you, as you, we talk about the thing, if you see a ladder, you're aware of them. It's like a black cat or anything ah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're aware that there is superstitious elements to it, but whether or not I believe them, I don't know. Yeah, I will avoid if I can, you know. Walking under a ladder. Everyone, uh, walking under a ladder, basically with some of them, like different cultures that believe different things about walking under a ladder, like... Um, Ancient Egyptians believed that a ladder perched against the wall created a sacred triangle and to walk beneath it, beneath it disrupted its spiritual energies. Christians avoided the underneath of a ladder due to depictions of a ladder propped against the Holy Cross and believed that the devil lurked at the bottom. He was um, holding the ladder, was he? <laughs> yes. I know. Go, I'll hold the ladder. You go up there and stick the nails in Jesus' hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You got that Satan, do you? No, yeah. you go up there. I'll hold it. I'm why afraid did, of heights. Yeah, why don't you do it? I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm Satan. I can do what I want. Uh, Asian societies. Asians. Asians. <laughs> uh, prisoners that hanged from the, uh, the... Prisoners were hanged from the top of ladders and onlookers were forbidden to pass beneath it for... for, for for fear of encountering the victim's ghost. Oh, yeah. In France, convicts were forced to walk beneath the ladder, uh, leading to the gallows, the doomed man's final walkway. Okay, so there's a lot of different kind of cultural ah, yeah, stuff that comes things. in. Yeah. Different. So as I said, another one is black cats. People see a yeah. cat pass their path and they think that's either good luck or bad luck. I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I remember uh, the, Ma- the Matrix. Uh, black cat was a glitch in the Matrix. That means they've changed something, yeah. yeah. It's when you get glitch. deja vu. Yeah, glitch. glitch. Maybe I, we used to say that when we see a cat. Oh, glitch in the Matrix. Oh, it's a glitch in the Matrix over yeah. there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is a rabbit's foot. Some people find that lucky. It's probably unlucky for the rabbit. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know why people keep a rabbit's foot. And then another one is, you know, they hear people saying like bad luck comes in threes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's why we don't have a third host. Yeah, <laughs> we did, but he actually, he was <laughs> struck by lightning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was sound. Yeah. Now we just that. have a recording of his voice. Make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another couple of superstitions, like, you know, when someone says, oh, uh, you know, uh, like, oh, uh, safe travels home, hope something, do, but something bad doesn't happen to you. Oh, knock on wood. And yeah, people yeah, yeah. knock on the... Knock on, knock on wood. I don't know yeah. what that means, but it's a uh, knock on wood. It kind of defers the bad. Yeah, but how does that work? Like um, people actually, that, people actually like look for something timber to knock on. Yeah, yeah, I know. Or, and then people make wood, a joke and tap wood. their head. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. Wood and um, should we go to our interview <laughs> <laughs> with David? No, but we can touch on. Some, we can do. Yeah. yeah. So basically, we're, David just wrote a book um, on superstitionism, and uh, he's got some interesting thoughts on it. So we'll go to him and come yeah, back we'll after. Go that. to David and we'll check back. Sure, guys. Okay, so we're here with David White who is, wrote a book on superstition called Superstitionism. And we're going to talk to David just a bit about superstition. So, David, do you want to tell us just a, a little bit about your book? Yeah. Superstition. Uh, well, first of all, hey, guys. It's uh, 
interesting actually speaking to two guys sitting in Mayo, given that you've got your own curse. We do, yeah. Well, that's something I was actually I really wanted to talk to you about. Uh, it, so we believe, well, not so we believe, but so the story goes here in Mayo that a bunch of the players from when we won last week, 1959, 51? 51. yeah. So after they won that game, maybe you can tell us what the curse is. If you probably know it better than we do. <laughs> the uh, the curse says it in, in 51 that uh, Mayo won the Sam Maguire and we're travelling home obviously full of good spirits and stuff in the back of something some van or lorry or whatever it was they were in the back of through Foxford I think it was you would know that area there in yeah. yeah yeah and there was a funeral and the priest uh, obviously uh, when the people were in the back of the van uh, they were making a lot of, they were making an awful lot of noise and stuff and were seen as disrespectful to the funeral and the priest wasn't particularly happy and so the story goes put a curse on the 51 squad and said Mayo will never win another uh, All-Ireland until every member of that squad is dead and I remember actually writing about that and mentioning that and at the time um, just recently not that recently there was only something like two left or something so I, I think, think there is there's, I think there's two yeah one of them lives locally I think and another guy lives in America so I think that the local and, guy, uh, kind of, the local guy has to kind of watch out because people are always trying to push him in front of traffic and stuff like that, just trying to get rid of him. You know? well, that's, that's, <laughs> but they have to not, watch out for our Mayo citizens. That's what their biggest fear, I imagine. But I don't know if you saw before the recent game there with Dublin in the semi-final that Paddy Power reenacted that funeral in Dublin, and they had the whole thing. <laughs> they tried to reenact it to try and reverse the curse. But uh, it didn't work because we didn't even get to I've, I've seen a few skits and a few funny skits about it, but Mayo, I think Dublin won that something like 314, he or something. So it was oh, they, absolutely, they absolutely destroyed it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? Moving on to something is, a bit lighter anyway. <laughs> yeah, but I, I suppose to get on to superstition, like, <laughs> like, it is funny what people believe, David. And like, can you tell us a bit about some of the stranger superstitions you've come across? Oh, well, first of all, what's your take on it? Are you someone who believes that it's all nonsense? Do you know? Well, well, fundamentally it is. I mean, it, it's it's all uh, it's the stories we tell ourselves. That's what we're. I mean, and even if you start to look at that in the context of, I mean, there's a there's a there's a term called pareidolia that everybody knows, so they just know maybe know it by that name. But it's this concept of seeing faces and everything. So you see faces and plug sockets and faces and everything. If you think about it, when you were kids, you can see people coming in. Maybe you were kids, you run into your mum, or uh, and they'll say something like, "Oh, mum, I, I saw." A face in the cloud, you know, and you hear people yeah, yeah. talking about this so often. But if you start to look at it, because it's a lot of it's cultural and all kinds of things. If you look at it, you say, "I saw a face in the cloud." You say, "What did you see?" And it's always a face like, "Well, I saw, I saw Jesus' face in the cloud. I, I saw Grandma's face in the clouds." But they never come in and say, "Well, what did you see?" Well, I saw a cockroach's face in the cloud. You know, it's always something nice, always something that we're sort of conditioned to see. Um, it's also something primal because that actual back to things like fight or flight, you know, is that a face that we need to run away from or stand up to and stuff like that. But all I'm saying is these things, we don't start with superstitions from a blank slate. You know, these things are conditional on culture and the stuff we're told. I mean, even something as simple as Santa Claus. You know, uh, if you take the concept of Santa Claus in religion, with, with Santa Claus, uh, there comes a point where you have to tell the child that Santa Claus isn't real. Uh, because otherwise they get teased at school and all the rest of it. The difference then when you I suppose you start to take that in the wider context, such as gods and all the rest, then uh, the difference is adults then don't tell you are real, but they're real and start reinforcing that. And so people don't get over these beliefs and start to hold these beliefs as true. 
Well, I suppose exactly what you're saying is when you're when you're a kid, if you're told something, I like the thing with Santa, but other things like if you're told something, that's kind of your belief for the rest of your life. So if someone says to you, you know, don't walk under that ladder there, you get bad luck. Just kind of you just kind of take it as like that must be true because like an adult told me this. And for the rest of your life, you're kind of growing up believing that that is something that will give you bad luck, and you maybe maybe that plants the idea that there is something such as bad luck. But it, well, yeah, that's exactly. Sorry, in my, in my book. Well, in my book, one of the things is that I, I don't I completely uh, try to eradicate this whole concept of luck. I'm trying to eradicate from the minds and the language that we use because luck doesn't actually exist. Uh, that's that's my take on it. Um, uh, if, if you look at it, it's something that we are based of. It's really just chance and probability. So what I'm trying to say is, irrespective of what happens, uh, there is always a chance of that happening. All we have to determine is the probability. That may be high or may be low, but I still haven't ever seen anything. So I'll give you an example. I have three takes in sport when I look at sport. And if you look at something happens on the team, say a coach preparing, it can be one-on-one in boxing or it can be a team and there's three interactions that the coach that I'm interested here. First is expect the interactions. So when you're sitting as a manager or a coach for your team, the first thing you focus on is expect the interactions. That's things like uh, the opposition, what you know about them, the tactics and the technical side and, and how they move and all this sort. That those are expect the interactions and you plan for it. The second is uh, unexpected interactions, which is things like maybe a dog running on the pitch or the weather changing and stuff like that. Those yeah. are things that unexpected, but it's still explainable. But the third one, and I suppose this is a good challenge for your listeners, anybody that's ever been, and this is just in a sporting context, this particular one, but here's a good challenge for all your listeners. Think about any time you were involved in sport, at any time ever in any sport, and ask yourself, name me one thing that ever happened that was unexplained. That was unexplained? Yeah, that there was no explanation for at all, ever. Yeah, so as you were saying, there is a reason behind everything, basically what you're saying. Well, that is a very good point, like, in saying that, that, like, I suppose no one can ever say, oh, my God, that's completely, un- you know, there, there is always a reason behind everything, and that, yeah. And sometimes we might not always understand the reason, but if it's a mystery, then you have to call it the mystery. And calling it luck doesn't mean, because that, that does two things. So if something goes wrong, all right, then if you call it luck and something goes wrong, then you're not actually looking to see what as was went wrong and you can't put it right. Uh, if something went right, then you're not giving yourself enough credit for it by calling the luck. Yeah. So I'm trying if you eradicate luck from the equation, you start looking at what actually happened, the factual effect of uh, events of what happened, and then you have a much uh, more plausible explanation for what's going on and you know where you're at. It's like people as well who be very pessimistic and glass half empty kind of people. They nearly go into situations or maybe a new situation like, I don't know, they might be invited to a party where they don't know many people or a wedding and they nearly tell themselves, oh, this is going to be a disaster. I don't know anyone. It's going to be an awkward night. I can't. You know, they go in telling themselves they're going to have a bad night rather than someone who's, you know, positive and is going to, you know, go in with an open mind and say, this is going to be good crack. I'm going to have a good night tonight. Well, it's called transparency. And, um, and when you look at something like that, there are other things that fall within that. So, for instance, uh, when we're a kid, there's a game we call knots and crosses. I'm sure we all remember it. Yeah, but I would say there's a, there's another. Well, well, I would say there's another game very like that. I call it hits and misses because that's what superstitions are. We always count the hits, but we completely ignore the misses. We never look at that, and that's also then starting to throw other. What I would call superstitions in something that ever that, that's 
huge in the business world and in the sporting world, this whole concept of law of attraction, which I believe is a complete and utter superstition. The whole yeah, well, that's, that, that, the, is that the guy who had the book, The Secret? Is that, is that The Secret? That's correct. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, be, uh, I'd be with you on that. I, I think that's a load of... Yeah, that yeah, was massive. Way. I think in terms of if you ask the universe for stuff, you'll get it in return, that kind of thing. But I think when it is, I, I understand it. I like the idea of the secret, but I, again, there was a time I did believe in that and I thought, you know, possible. But I think people who believe in the secret, it's just being positive. But That's it also it has to come along with hard work. So if you want something, you can sit there on your ass for ages going, oh, I really want a Mercedes Benz. But if you, know, if you never get out, you never go and work, you never earn the money, you're not going to get it. Yeah. So it has to be and mindset, but it also comes mixed with hard work. I think the secret kind of made people nearly think that they could take a shortcut to happiness. Yeah, well, I mean, it really is a symbol of what, you, is what you've just said. And you can track that back to something like that. I can't remember the name of it, that sad syndrome, seasonal disorder, where yeah. if, you, if you're lying in your bed and then you open your eyes in the morning and the rain's beating off the window and it's pitch dark and stuff, you're not, you, clearly you don't feel as good as you do, whereas if you open your eyes and sun rays are coming through and you can hear birds singing outside. So things like that can affect how we feel about things and how positive we are or aren't. And it's exactly the same thing then with things like uh, law of attraction. There are naturalistic aspects of that, whereas if you hang around with somebody who's positive and reinforcing, you know, your positive beliefs, you're going to feel better than if you hang about with the eternal pessimist uh, then clearly you're not going to feel as well absolutely like right, some, right. someone who has negative thoughts and negative kind of giving out negative energy I suppose is going to not have, a, not have a nice effect on you as hanging around with someone who's uh, super positive yeah yeah well they're going to act negatively and then yeah. it's, it, it tries into the whole concept of work if you get up and you put yourself in, opportun- uh, in, in positions where opportunities can occur more things are likely to happen than if you don't but if you start saying then that if you just think of the universe, will give it, you know, uh, well then that means a, 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 why is a six foot four athlete, a six foot four man who sits and dreams of being a champion jockey someday, you know, size 13 feet, why is he never going to be a jockey? Because he can think all he likes. The universe is well, not going to give it to him. Or prayer comes within that concept too. You know, if somebody is diagnosed with a terrible diagnosis or something, and everybody gets around and talks about prayer, and they all pray, and, and, in terms of the secret, that's the same thing. We're all going and praying for the universe. We're asking for the universe. It doesn't matter what name you put on it, God, whatever, to come in and, and cure this incurable uh, this disease. And the people die anyway or, or don't get any better. Yeah. So why is these things no? So, again, we're counting the hits. When something works, we're attributing to something. When it doesn't work, we're ignoring the misses. When it doesn't work, then just, people just don't talk about it. So and like, people are making their career out of this kind of stuff. In like yeah, a sporting context, it's like when someone, for instance, if I if I was playing in a World Cup final and I score the goal and I happen to be wearing a certain pair of underpants at the time, in my head then they might become my lucky underpants. Or if I had got up that morning and I had done a certain routine, you know, if I had my breakfast at 8 o'clock and I had had a bowl of cornflakes and then half a cup of coffee and two slices of toast, I said to myself, every time before I play a game of football, I want to have the same routine hoping for the same result. Is that something you see a lot in sport, Uh It's harms a lot. When I was writing about it, I was interviewing uh, Paddy Cunningham, who at the time was the youngest um, captain of Antrim uh, GEA in the county. And they were playing an, all, uh, an, uh, an Ulster final, sorry. And he was talking about his boots he had, and he was trying to be a teacher and stuff too, and he'd just been studying psychology as part of the course and stuff. And I was asking him, do you have superstitions? And he said, I have one at a certain pair. He called them lucky boots. 
And I said, what percentage of your thoughts would be on that, um, would be on those boots if you didn't have them? What percent of your focus would be focused on not having those boots in an Ulster final? And he thought about it for a minute and he kind of broke into a smile because he realised what he was about to say. And he says, I know that sounds ridiculous, but if I didn't have those boots, 70% of my focus would be on not having them boots instead of actually focusing on doing the job, taking the kicks and doing the stuff I have to do, which is incredible. Uh, the same thing, uh, Sean Cavanagh, the player for Tyrone, just recently retired there, was talking about a lovely pair of underwear that he had specifically and saying, I mean, he was down in the Key West Hotel one time going into an Ulster final, or not an Ulster, an Old Ireland final, and he was saying he didn't have them. Luckily, his parents were there to bring them to him. Or he says, I don't know what percentage of my focus would have been on that, but it would have been high. But if you actually go, transpose that a wee bit, go a wee bit beyond it, think about uh, them missing a vital kick in an All Ireland final. And all the fans streaming out afterwards saying, oh, we're so unlucky. If Sean missed that kick, it was just unlucky and using that term again. Without realising that 70% or whatever of Sean's case, whatever percentage was focused on not having those, that lucky underwear where he felt most comfortable. So it's a comforter superstition. It's almost like um, the superstitions we create are like, do you remember the teddies you had as a kid? And your parents tried to get them off you, but they couldn't take them off you when you were five or six and you wouldn't give up that wee toy ever. And the entrails were hanging out, but they still couldn't get that toy away from you because you were holding on to it. It was a comfort. Yeah. Yeah. Superstitions, are, well, superstitions are kind of like that. that. That's what we're talking about. Here. And how how do you go about, I don't know, maybe, but how would you go about breaking something like that? Because, like for instance, say you're talking about one of those footballers, that's, a huge part of his game plan and a huge part of the thing is having those boots that he feels comfortable in. That takes a lot of his worries out of the situation by having them on his feet. So is it is it a good thing and should you be trying to take those boots away from him and try and get him to focus just on himself as the person doing it and not accrediting the boots? Or what, what's well, the best thing? I would say it's more about, uh, less about taking stuff away from people and more about replacing it with something more practical. Um, because that's uh, because you still don't want to be feel. I suppose you see the concept of smoking, where people say, "I oh, just give up smoking," and people can't, so they have to date or do all kinds of things. And you have to get that sense that they're still, you know, that, that that's it's the same with superstition. Rather than try and take them away, if you replace it with something more practical, then hopefully the superstition end disappears and it becomes something that's more useful all around. I suppose so, people um, need, people need to realise, like whatever sports personalities, whether it was lucky jock, lucky sock, lucky boots, that the do you know, the the link and all of that is them. They were wearing the boots. They were there. They did it. Do you know, it, it, it didn't matter whether they fucking Wellington's on, but it's just at that time they did the right thing, the right foot position, whatever, to score the goal or whatever. That's what people, it's like the, people are making links to things to try and come up with answers. It's like if something awful bad happens, if someone, if someone's in an awful car accident or something really bad happens at work or something, you kind of say to yourself, God, why did this happen to me? I bet it's because you're you know, looking for answers. Yeah, you're kind yeah. of like, do you know, if I wasn't such a fucking, you know, if I didn't do this or that, then it wouldn't have happened probably. You're just trying to, that's it, you're trying to come up with answers. But there are no answers, really. It's just, it's circumstance. I think people like people like to put things in boxes and say, that's why that happened. Yeah, do you know what I do? I am actually guilty for, I'm not very superstitious, but I have, like, if I, like, if you, I just want to ask you, Robert, if you're walking down a footpath and you see a ladder and you have the option to walk around it, will you walk under it and not care? Or will you, will you, if it's easy for you to walk around it, will you walk around it? It doesn't really, it doesn't really bother me. Okay. I will, so if I'm not saying, if I think about it, I think, oh, that's supposed to be unlucky, but I won't, I don't believe it. Yeah. Look. But would you walk around? Probably, either way, probably 50-50. Okay. Like, I'd walk around, if I could in any way, I would, would walk you? around yeah. 
not that I think I'm going to have a bad day, but I suppose because it's, it's kind of ingrained into society as well, that ladder yeah. thing. And if I see a magpie, even today, if I see, if I see one magpie, one for sorrow, I'll wave at it. Because if, if you salute it or wave, it? yeah, if you salute it or wave, it'll wave defer the curse of her it's interesting that you say they're not that I'm thinking that, but clearly, subconsciously, you are. I thinking. am thinking it, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, well, I just do Otherwise, it. I just do there it. There is a practical side to it. Well, there's a practical side to you, obviously, walking under a ladder. You don't want somebody to drop a tin of paint on you, but how often does that happen? It's not very often. Yeah. It's more about what we're subconsciously conditioned to do. People are pattern seekers, and we're always looking for patterns, and we tie to patterns, and we connect to them. The way I, and um, uh, an author called Amy Brown. Um, she works in sort of a neurology and stuff, and she's she's brilliant. At the, um, and she was given this. Uh, I was asking her one time about the lucky shocks and stuff and all, and how her take on this. And what she said is the best way to look on it is, or a good way to look at it is, if you see the dirt biking uh, where people go around the track, um, the first thing they try and do is to get off into the lead to get their wheels into a certain groove because the muck's so thick. But if they don't get into that groove and that uh, they're if they're on the outside, it's very hard to get the wheels over that into the inside lane. And the person who gets the inside is generally has the advantage. But once it's in that uh, track, it's very hard to get it out of. And that's what happens when our brains become stuck in these grooves of beliefs. And a great example is John Terry, uh, who played for Chelsea in England when he was uh, being interviewed recently. Said, in the end, I had so many superstitions that I hardly had time to fit my preparation in. I had to find them all out. God, and that's a concern. It actually kind of what, you it, know what are some of, what, what are some of his superstitions? Do you know what they were? No. Sorry, say that again. Do you know what some of his actual superstitions were that he kind of went through? No. Well, well some of his were things like um, where he sat in the coach on his as uh, shin guards and stuff like that. So they were pretty basic things. But, but you see other things were but they were just his problem was an accumulation of stuff. Yeah. But there was other ones, uh, David James, that used to be the goalkeeper, uh, talking about having to be in urinal and, and you know, spitting on walls and stuff and having to do this stuff before he came out. Had one uh, guy, uh, Gary Havering, Gary was, uh, used to play for Bolton and play for Ballymena United and stuff. And, uh, and was a manager in Irish League and stuff. But Barry, uh, uh, Gary used to have so many. He used to do things. He had a shirt, he wore a t shirt, and he said I had it when I was an under 16 player. And uh, because I scored a goal for Northern Ireland under 16, he says, I kept it. And in the end, when I got older, the thing wasn't even white anymore. It was like grey, but I had to need another one for the second half. Then he had to start getting rubs in his calves. And if he didn't get that, and he says, I knew I didn't even need those rubs, but I had to do it. Because I had to do it then, he says, uh, then I had to be last out of the changing room. So I would even go around urinals, knocking on the doors to make sure nobody was in the urinals in the changing room because I had to make sure I was the last out. So I asked him at the time, I says, well, he was the vice captain uh, in an Irish League club here at the time. And I said, well, what would happen if they made you captain? And he's thinking about it. He said, because then you'd have to come out first. And within a fortnight of that happening, a guy left the club and he was made captain. And he had to come out first. And he said that actually took a bit of adjustment. So, David, you're, the name of your book is Superstitionism. And is that, is that Superstitionism, Superstitionism, the psychology of sport. And, and people, can purchase, people can get that on Amazon. Indeed, they can, yes. And probably uh, some of the other bookshops as well and stuff like that. And, uh, but, David, I, I will, uh, do you have a Facebook page or anything like that that you want to give it a link to? I will link it on Twitter there at Superstitionism. If anybody has any comments on what they heard today or come up with any examples of anything that happened in sport that was all explained and stuff, I'd be happy to hear it. And, um, but outside of that, thanks very much, lads. Um, 
uh, for inviting me on your show. No, we're uh, glad to have you on, David. And look, it's a very it's, look, it's, it's an, an interesting, interesting topic. And it's, it's something just, I didn't know much about, really. I hadn't really thought about it. But when you start telling us about it, it it's things that are probably ingrained in society today. So it's really interesting to hear that. And it's all, I suppose, it is all tied down to what we tell ourselves and what we say. You know what I mean? We we kind of, a lot of the time, from superstitions we've heard, then people, we nearly put them on ourselves. Oh, absolutely, and we're conditioned to do it. And I suppose it's about being vigilant and being aware. That's what it is. And because uh, and looking at the stories, and then and then the whole practical, I suppose, a good way to end is that really everything that you think it comes down to probability and chance. But don't yeah. just count the hits. You have to be be honest with yourself and count the misses also. And then if if it, if you're missing at the same rate of probability and chance. Then there's probably nothing so special about it at all. Well, well that's all. There's always kind of a scientific or a mathematical answer to everything. So thanks very much, David. It was great speaking to you today. So that was David. That was a no. It was interesting. Just like a lot of it's just what we believe, what we tell ourselves. It's like you're saying a lot of it's in your head, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's a huge amount of it's in your head. It's all in your head, really. And as we said, his book can be got on Amazon. Um, Superstition. Another very unlucky one is number thirteen. You know what I mean? That that's, does seem to that be. That is. Yeah. Uh, like, was Apollo 13 cursed by its number? Should we avoid the 13th floor of a building? Do you need to watch your step on Friday the 13th? Uh, fear of the number 13 it was one of the biggest superstitions. The earliest known origin of the superstition comes from ancient India, where it was considered unlucky for 13 people to sit together. In Nordic mythology, the evil Loki is the 13th guest at a banquet of gods, which ends in argument and violence. In the Bible... Uh, Judas, the so-called traitor apostle, was the 13th man at the Last Supper. Uh, Jesus was crucified on Good Friday, uh, which is linked to the number 13. Uh, For a day of unholy luck, Friday the 13th is also marked as the mass execution of the medieval knight Templar. There's lots of stuff with 13, basically. Like, a lot of hotels are designed without a 13th floor. Yeah, I see that. Sometimes you go into a lift and there's 12 A and B. Yeah, do you know? Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of people have said, like that if they're looking to buy a house in a house, but people there, on the fourteenth floor really know where they are. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking to like be in a, like people in a housing state, like they they would like try and avoid buying number thirteen. Some people would be like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. And um, actually, I have a funny one on Friday the thirteenth. Um, as you know, and so I used to work years ago in a in the cinema movie theatre in town in Castlebar County Mayo. In That's where we were broadcasting yes. from. Live Mayo, from Mayo Movie World was the cinema I worked. Mayo for Sam twenty twenty. Yeah, I worked there for five years, and um, I remember it was this was one Friday the thirteenth. We were working, and uh, it was approaching twelve o'clock, so it would have been past Friday the thirteenth. And an incident actually happened, so it still actually happened on Friday the thirteenth. Uh, a car drove through. The front doors of the cinema. I remember seeing the CCTV footage. You might remember footage, seeing yeah. this, and uh, we'll share the CCTV footage of this. But no, Friday, no one was injured. No one was injured, but yeah. uh, it was a girl joyriding crashed through the front doors of the cinema. Now it's a big building, the cinema. Was she joyriding? She was. Well, she was driving her boyfriend's car, right. and he let her have a go driving. She was doing donuts, lost control, doing donuts, doing donuts. Basically, right. driving did, in the circle. I didn't know all this. Yeah, yeah. and then. Um, Drove through the front door of the cinema and smashed, the doors were made of glass, it smashed. But interestingly enough, I mean, not interestingly, luckily enough, 
if that was 10 minutes later, all of the staff, we would have usually been, like the cinema was closing, this was late at night, we would have all been standing up against that glass panel. So 10 minutes Why later. Why would you have been standing against As the in thing? waiting for the manager to come down and kind of open the door. We'd be standing oh, at that door. Yeah. We'd be standing at the door waiting to leave. Okay. And if anyone wants to check out that crash, we'll share that CCTV <laughs> we'll share that there footage well. yeah, on yeah, yeah. Instagram. I haven't seen that in a good while, actually. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. How we'll long sh- ago was that? We'll share it. I did a kind of Grand Theft Auto remake of it, so we'll share that one just for you. And that was Friday the 13th. That was on a Friday the 13th, yes. It, but it's like what David was saying. You're just associating, <laughs> I know, associating that. Like, how many, how many other Friday the 13th did someone not drive through the front of the cinema? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. I know exactly. I know That's kind mean. of what he was saying. You start yeah. to associate these things in your mind, yeah. you know. But there is, there's loads of superstitions. Like, even when I was looking through some of them, like, people have things with, like, opening umbrellas inside, giving you bad luck. Yeah. Um, did you know, like, when you're eating a chicken? Yeah. And there's the wishbone in a chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, Make a wish. you pull it and one person gets good luck. Yeah, so yeah. Or something like yeah, that, yeah. isn't it? Like, uh, our knowledge of superstitions <laughs> is not good. <laughs> so, well, but, yeah. We're aware of superstitions, right? Because, but I don't, I like, but it's the reasoning behind them probably don't know. The, so the, I think that, I don't know, there's a superstition. I talked about the magpie thing. I still wave at them, but there's that kind of... Why do you say you wave at magpies? I'll tell okay, so... Because you said something the, to me before, yeah, right? Yeah, of like, yeah. on New Year's, you let the, you let the New Year in and the New Year out. Yeah, but so that's if just... You were, uh, if, you, if you were to see a magpie... Would Come you in. be on New Year's? Would you be opening the door, <laughs> waving to a magpie, inviting in the new year? Well, if I saw, they, in a way, that's kind of superstitious, isn't it? I suppose new year in. I just do it because <laughs> what's the answer? They're opening the door, no one there, waving to a, waving to a magpie, <laughs> closing the door again. Yeah, loads of people do that. I'm not weird. Okay. Uh, so the, I think the magpie thing comes from the rhyme. You know the old rhyme. No, go on. Okay. One for sorrow, two for joy, oh, yeah. three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never to be told. <laughs> what uh, does the last one mean? <laughs> I know, but the rhyme comes in many, many variations. <laughs> but like, if I see seven magpies, I go, "Oh, there's a yeah. secret never to be told." What? The f- I know, I know. Like, there's a ways to negate the bad luck, which is uh, associated by an encounter with a magpie. It was to either salute the magpie or wave to a single magpie to show respect. So that's why you negate the bad luck. If you wave at the magpie, it shows respect, apparently. And the, <laughs> and the magpie knows this. Yeah, respect the magpie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's that's kind of all I know about superstitions, yeah. which is zero, really. Yeah. But this is because I'm not superstitious. This I, has been a very informative. I don't step. Ah, oh, oh, there's one I do know, right? Um, you know the way it says, "Don't step on like cracks," you know, on the pavement. Yes. So, uh, step on a crack, break your mother's back. Was the superstition right okay. that they used to say it? But it actually used to have a racist uh, undertone to it, and it used to be, "Step on a crack, turn your mother black." Okay. But uh, in recent times, PC and all that, yeah, they, it yeah, changed yeah. Uh, to step on a crack, break your mother's back. Okay. So people used to believe that, I don't know, if you step on a crack, your mother's back is going to get broken. Oh, God, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Ah, there, look. I, There's loads of At the end like, of the day, like we said with David, it's all in your head. Of course it's what it is. you believe. He was saying about the numbers and everything like that. You know the way some people associate it, they see uh, like 666, the sign of the devil. The devil, people, yeah. the people associate. I remember there was an old car in our state that was Kit 666. Which is funny because Kit, being a cat, a lot of people represented the cat as like a demon, you know. Kit. Kit. Well, Kit, Kit is the name of the Knight Rider car. Yeah, but it was called, the, the registration was Kit 666, Red Car. That's Wasn't there a film with uh, Jim Carrey and he was obsessed with some number? Did you ever see that film? Yeah, uh, I think it was 13 as well. Was it? He saw yeah. it everywhere and he would do yeah, it. Yeah, mad. Yeah, 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 that was not great. No. I've seen better. Um, so <laughs> so that's, we, a, that's the film review for that film. <laughs> what, yeah. do you, what do you think of the film? It's not great. I've seen better. Don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that concludes this week's episode. That concludes Robert. this episode in superstitionism. I just, want, I just want to go home. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> uh, uh, well, look, if you enjoyed the show, 
Uh, fair play to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you enjoyed it, there'll be another one next week. Um, and if you liked what you heard, get onto our Instagram, uh, Rob Rat Podcast. Get us on. Um, Get, get, I, I, get, get us, us on, on social media look what happens is I, I don't know the names of all these things and Stephen hasn't written down in front of him over there right? <laughs> so I, every time I start saying this and then I can't remember so if you want to give the social media things there Steve yeah yeah it just it's uh, Instagram Rob Rat Podcast same on Twitter well no on Twitter it's Rob and Rats World of Wonder <laughs> Facebook Rob and Rats Wow Podcast uh, and look Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes And like a big thing We always say is like If you could go on to iTunes Give us five star rating And uh, a very nice long comment Explaining on why you love the podcast And how much you love And who's your favourite Yeah I don't care if it's Robert <laughs> Because You know I, I can understand if you don't like me I don't change my underwear I Okay Did we say that in another episode? He said that in another yeah. episode It's yeah. not true though Okay look <laughs> That right. was today's so episode We'll leave it at that guys we'll See you next, to next week. week See you Bye-bye. next week You have been listening to the Rob Rat Podcast. Be sure to check out our social media for updates on the next episode. And if you liked what you heard, then let us know by hitting the subscribe button, sending us a message, and telling a friend, because that's how the podcast grows. Thanks for listening.